the Oxford Centre for Triple Value Healthcare, otherwise known as 3V, scans over 30 journals seeking out important papers on value. To save you time, 3V assesses this research to identify the implications for value-based healthcare and summarises them on our blogs and in our podcasts. The word precision is everywhere these days and it's twice in the title of this really unique paper Precision Evidence for Precision Medicine Is this a new paradigm that is emerging? The paradigm of precision medicine Does it overtake the value paradigm? Well, we need to be clear what we mean by precision medicine and to be precise about the meaning of precision. I cannot recollect a paper like this. It is a three-page editorial in the New England Journal of Medicine, probably the most highly prestigious square inches of paper in the publishing world in in healthcare. And it's based in two papers, both published by the New England Journal of Medicine. But the second paper correct the first. So one way to look at this would be that the first paper was published before it should have been published or was incomplete. What it reveals is that the claims being made for polygenic uh, measurements have to be treated very, very cautiously and carefully. By coincidence, this was the topic of last week's paper of the week. But this has got a lot more data. And it's published by somebody who's currently working in population health in Oxford, although he is a very distinguished professor in Boston before that. So we're now starting to look carefully at the claims being made. The claims that genomics will allow us to treat every individual to determine which should receive drug A or not receive drug A, and which should be given drug B. Now, there's undoubtedly the opportunity for some genes to help us protect people from treatments that cannot possibly do them any good. But that's a completely different thing from claiming that we can revolutionise breast cancer treatment by polygenic studies. And it also depends also on how many genes you include, 21 or 70 or whatever. What it means is that we need to be much more cautious. But who is we? How can people who are primarily responsible for paying for health care or managing health care keep up with the complexity of debate? Obviously, we can rely on NICE and bodies like NICE. But things are moving so fast, this is very difficult to control. Because as these tests cost less, then there'll be opportunity to slip them into practice. A couple of things occur. Firstly, we need to think of critical appraisal in a different way, not just of the design of the randomised control trial, but of the particular part that genomics plays in the intervention being studied. But secondly, it reinforces the need for system budgets, for example, a budget 
for people with breast cancer, women with breast cancer. And the people who want to introduce a new test will have to find the resource for that test in the first instance from the breast cancer system budget. Now it might be that the genome genomic test could allow us to increase the interval for breast cancer screening, thus releasing resources that could be put into testing and the follow-up of testing. It might be other treatments would be reduced. But it's only by getting the clinicians fully engaged with colleagues in finance that we can get the scrutiny and intellectual debate that will be needed in the years to come. Not always do we recommend read the paper that's the subject of the podcast of the week. But this one is well worth reading. It is a groundbreaker, a blockbuster. It is very unusual and very important. If you want to stay informed about important developments in value-based healthcare, you can subscribe by joining our mailing list at www.3vh.org.